Hello and welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. My name is Sam and as always I'm joined by my lovely co-host, it's Josh Baker to Joe Roberts. How are you two doing? I am doing better, thank you very much, Sam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Joe? I'm, I'm doing good, doing good. That's good to hear. It's nice to have you back, Josh, after a uh, a one podcast absence. Yeah. It's um it's good to see you well well enough to join us for the preview. And the preview this week is going to be Holland, aka Zanvoort. And this is a track that we are revisiting on the calendar for the first time since 1985. Um there is there was meant to be a race last season, but COVID cancelled it. But so first of all, guys, we haven't really in our lifetimes experienced a real life race there, but we've played it on F1 2020 and F1 2021. Guys, what do you think about the track? Uh I personally hate it. I you can't really overtake, and obviously uh, it's probably a bit different because it's actually real life rather than the game, but it's yeah, you can't really overtake. You, the only way you can overtake is if the driver in front makes a mistake or you have quicker tyres. So I think there'll be a lot of strategy involved. I think if you get stuck behind a car, I think it'd be a, it can literally ruin your race. For me, I describe it as Monaco with with more runoff. It's it, yeah. It, it, for me, I think they should have chosen a track or built a track that you can actually overtake rather than basically be scared electrics. <laughs> I, I get the point just coming from there. It's, uh, there's not many places to overtake, but I think it will still be reasonably exciting because I think obviously first time for quite a lot of people going around it and um, there'll be quite a few mistakes most likely and People will try and overtake in places where they probably shouldn't. But I just hope that um, it's very unlike the actual game where you can actually touch a curb and not go flying off. So let's hope that that makes it a bit a bit better. But it should be interesting to see where people will try and overtake others because, like Joe said, it's it's not very wide. It's just uh, similarly, like you said, it's just a Monaco with more runoff. But, um, but the runoff is mainly gravel, so it still will, it will hurt the damage the car. So... It's not really worth going off into the gravel, but um, yeah, it should be interesting. Just, but I think the main point will be: will they get used to the track in time? And then, if not, it'll probably be quite chaotic. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a quick, old school like track that is going to be. It's quite technical. It's going to be challenging for the drivers. It's the way it kind of flows through each corner and, and through the different elevations. It's almost like a roller coaster. It's like changing quickly, um, different like banking angles. I mean, they've had to they've had to modernize the track um, because you know the last time they raced there was 1985. So of course they've had to modernize it for the new F1 cars, and that's included increasing the banking angle at the famous uh, Tarzan corner. Um, to 18 degrees, which is crazy steep, but it's almost like a Indianapolis speedway, like banking, and um, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting and excited to go to a track that we haven't been to for a long time. Um, we're not going to do our fond memories this time due to the fact that 
<laughs> we don't really have fond memories of this track. They haven't raced it since 1985, I said. So we don't have any recollection of the track. But I'm just going to quickly summarise um, that last race, um, the last time they raced here. Uh, Nelson Piquet was driver who started on pole, but uh, stalled at the start and uh, had to get push started. So it was a lap down um, almost immediately. Nicky Lauda was the driver who won the race. He took his 25th and final Grand Prix win in his McLaren. And then his teammate, Alan Prost, came second with the legendary driver, Ayrton Senna, in third in the Lotus. 26 cars started the race with only 10 cars getting classified, um, 16 DNFs, and only one car was involved in a crash, which shows you how unreliable the cars were back then. But yeah, that's a quick summary of the last time that we went to Zanvoort. Now we get a, some big news broke of the week. We didn't expect it for a while. And that was the news that this was going to be Kimi Raikkonen's last season in Formula One. And we just wanted to bring a bit of reaction to it and just give our thoughts. So first of all, guys, what do you think about the Kimi news? You know, do you think he could have raced for a few more years or do you think this is the year he is probably the best year to stop. And uh, what are your favourite Kimi moments? No, I think I think you said it just then. It's, you knew it was coming. Uh, he's at that age where, and I think he's at that age where he's also at that point where he doesn't really care anymore. And um, I think he's just, he's just been stagnating at, at Alphas, just not really performing as best as he probably could do. He's probably not as committed. But um, yeah, I think it's come at the right point. They can now bring in someone new. And um, hopefully they can tr- maybe train under him for a bit for the last few months uh, whilst, whilst he's still there. But yeah, I think it's the right moment for both for both the team and him, Kimmy himself. But yeah, as you said, you definitely saw it coming, but he's, he's been there quite a while. So if, even to stay that long, like, like, like Lewis, they're still, he's still around. But yeah, he's been quite a while. But it'd, it'd be sad just to see him not on the grid, but um, definitely saw it coming at some point. And when it comes to a favourite moment, I think it was, that's one thing comes to mind, it was just iconic in uh, 2006 in Monaco, where his, his car failed him and he parked up parked up at the hairpin, I believe. And then um, obviously just walked out and walked straight to his yacht and just didn't even bother going back to his team, his garage, and just walked straight to his yacht with his mates, just grabbed a beer and just sat there and watched the rest of the race. But I'm sure you you guys have a possibly other better scenarios of him as well. Uh, I think for me, as in Kimi, I think when I'm growing up is watching Kimi Räikkönen. It's been obviously Ferrari 2007, 2008, where I absolutely hated Ferrari, so I hated him. Um, so it was like uh, when, when you're at that age, you kind of you wanted um, Lewis Hamilton to win. Um, but yeah, he's. Yeah, he's he's been probably the one of the most talented drivers um, on the field. He's just getting to the age where he's just a bit slow. Maybe Alonso will feel that in a couple of years' time. Obviously, he extended his contract uh, with Alpine. But yeah, it's yeah. I think Kimi Raikkonen is arguably the most probably the most likable characters, um, and also to the fact that there's. 
probably any teams being like so Sauber, McLaren, and then Ferrari, then back to yeah, then back to no, yeah, then to Lotus, and then back to Ferrari, and then obviously to Alfa Romeo is it's been probably the most likable characters in the team if you talk to the team principals. Um, but yeah, he's yeah, he he could have probably won more um, titles if the McLaren. Um, when that one that was very quick when Alonso and Schumacher won those titles could have won more um, but yeah it, 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 he's been a solid he's I would describe him as a very boss ass um, in the last I would say six years very good second driver and obviously a leader at Alfa Romeo but my favourite moment would probably be I can't really as obviously the uh, the one in Lotus when he won uh, with Lotus uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix before he went to Ferrari, I think just due to the fact he wasn't getting paid by Lotus. So I think that would be, and obviously the famous quote, I know what I'm doing. I think it just describes his his kind of sense of humour and also his, his personality as well. So he'd be, I think he'd be one of those characters that we very missed on the grid. Uh, next season mm, yeah totally um it is such a shame to lose such an iconic driver like Kimi Raikkonen but yeah I think it was the time to move on I think Alfa Romeo are going through a transition at this point you know they've changed from only taking people from Sauber academies and people from that to being open to any team and it feels like they're going through a bit of a transition and it was right for Kiwi to leave. I mean, when the season ends, he will be 42. It's, it's pretty crazy. He's 42 in October and he's still driving an F1, which is a credit. He's a credit to the sport. He's a credit to himself for driving so well at this age. I mean, admittedly, he doesn't really get the race results, but he still has moments where he take like, he just his overtaking and maybe his qualifying pace is not like Jovanazzi's at the moment, but Raikkonen in race is still really good. And if his quality was still as good as it used to be, he'd still get solid points. But yeah, it's a shame to lose such a, a great talent, but I think it's the right time in terms of uh, my favorite moment is I'm going back to driver's championship in 2007 for Ferrari it was such a tight season that year um, with the top three being separated by a point. You know, Kimi won um, with Hamilton in second, which proved amazing by Hamilton. It was his rookie season and he came second. And then Hamilton's teammate in the McLaren, Alonso, finished on the same points as Hamilton. And it was just a crazy season. That, But yeah, Kimi Raikkonen winning it, he deserved a championship. He could have won others, but I'm going to look back at the title he won because what a great driver, and that will be the moment we look back on. Um, moving on from the Kimi Raikkonen talk, um, what do you what do you expect to happen this weekend? What are your five predictions that you expect to see? Uh, I, I think it's very hard to predict because it's not really a track we've been to. Um, Josh probably put the red flags in in his five top ten, and you probably put I don't know um, Bottas not finishing in 
the podium or something like that. Um, but yeah, as in, I'm I'm gonna go for the Josh route, two red flags in in practice. I don't think it'd be happening qualifying all the race, as the cars will get used to it. I think Lando Norris will qualify on pole and also finish on the, in the podium as well. So that will use free up my uh, free of my points. Um, then I'm gonna do George Russell will get into Q2. Um, I think that's not very surprising. And then um, Max will win his home race. Okay, interesting. Well, you're right. One of my first points is to do with red flags, um, but it's slightly different to yours. It's just I think there'll be just just the one and the race. Obviously, there might be a few beforehand over the weekend, but I think it'll just just be the one uh, at the race, like probably towards the start. We're all just trying to funnel around that basically U-turn of the first corner, and then the, obviously that quick left and right into another pretty much U-turn as well. But um, so yeah, one flag, uh, one red flag for the race, and then I also think similarly, kind of similar to Joe. I think Hamilton will get pole, but then I think Verstappen will win the race overall because it'll have his basically his nation behind him, just like giving him the, just a rush of blood just to go and beat him. Um, but yeah, I still think Hamilton will look quick and take pole. And annoy Verstappen, which will then fuel him to go and win the race. And um, also put Ferrari to struggle because originally in the week it did say it's going to rain and it didn't look very good in the rain in Belgium. But then obviously Sam said before before the podcast that it might not actually rain, but I'll still leave it there just in case. I don't think they'll have the, the strongest weekend, but um, I might be wrong that I might be wrong with that because it did quite well in Monaco and it's quite similar, but um, we'll, we never know. But that's all all I've got for predictions for this week. Sure. Well, my first point is I think it'll be Red Bull domination. It's Max's home race, of course. So I think that Max will do really well. And I think that Sergio Perez needs a good race result. And I think he'll get one here. I think McLaren will do well. I just, they've got such great drive lineup. I think that the fourth place in Spa for Ricardo, even though there wasn't a race, he qualified really well. Hopefully that will spur him on. I think um, both of them will do well. I've also got the Vettel and Alonso to have high finishes because it's such a technical track. So I think that it will suit the experienced drivers who are used to it. And maybe that some of the younger drivers um, will really struggle to adapt to it. I've got George Russell top 10, I think um, he might scrape into the points. He's going to be full of energy and he's going to be so excited having got his first podium, even if he shouldn't really have got it. But he'll be really full of drive and determination. I think he'll get a top 10. And then my final one is quite quirky, but um, it's a red flag. That's not the quirky bit. But I think it'd be a red flag because of bad visibility due to flares. Now that is, there you go. That's a a really weird take. But when it happens, you had to come back to the podcast and you'd be like, Sam said that. But yeah, I think they've talked about the issue of flares, and drivers have actually already come out and said um, 
please do not <laughs> do this because it will um, danger visibility. So I think they might, in the end, have to stop the race due to a few too many flares going up and visibility. But yeah, we'll have to see. That's my that's my hot take. Um, let's do um, predictions of the exact top five, starting with fifth first. All right. Well, similar, like you said, Ed, Sam, I think I agree with you with the point that I think Vettel will have a good race because of his experience. And I've actually got him to finish in P5. And then I've gone quite bold. Not really sure. Bold in third and fourth places, but I think obviously the top two is expected. But I haven't got the second driver for either Mercedes or Red Bull to finish in the top five. I've got Ricardo to carry on his strong performance and finish fourth. And then I've got Norris to finish third. And then obviously I said earlier that I've got Verstappen to win, which leaves Hamilton to finish second. Uh, I think mine's uh, mine's slightly similar, but I've put Bottas in the top five just because I think his style, his driving style will suit the track um, compared to Perez um, because you need to probably more slightly more aggressive but Paris is a bit more um a bit more smooth on the steering wheel I am probably going top five will be Ricardo and uh P5 um Bottas in P4 um Norris in P3 will get stuck um Bottas will get stuck behind him for the whole race and then P2 will be Lewis Hamilton and then Max Stappen will regain the uh, drivers' championship uh, lead in SOBP one. Mm, no, no Paris there, Joe. Bit going about that, but we will have to wait and see. Mine is uh, reasonably similar. I've got Lando Norris in P five for the McLaren. I think he'll do the best out of him, and Ricardo. Though I don't think Ricardo will be too far behind. I've got Valtteri Bottas in fourth, same as Joe. Um, but in front of him, I've got Lewis Hamilton. I just don't think that the Mercedes will have the pace compared to Red Bull this weekend. In second, I've got uh, Checo Perez. And in first, uh, in his home race, Max Verstappen, I think, will win. And he'll get a quite a big boost um, in the driver's standings. But yeah, that's my top five. I completely forgot when talking about Kimi to discuss who we think was going to replace him. So let's... Go back quick, just quickly to when we were talking about um, Kimi Raikkonen. And um, guys, l- let's bring up the point. Who do you want and who do you think will replace him at Alfa Romeo? Um, I think who do you want and who, who do you think? Because I think it's completely hmm. different. I, I, I personally want Bottas. I think he needs to get out of Lewis Hamilton's shadow and um, prove that he is a very quick driver and, and also he can lead the team to fit around him rather than Mercedes fitting around Lewis Hamilton. Um, so I think Bottas, I think, to be the first driver. And then I don't think Giovinazzi will continue his seat. Um, I don't know if you want to want me to say who I think will... Go for it. Go oh, for I think Paul Chair. I know... I know I'll let you explain because you're in love with him. Um, but yeah, I think Paul Chell will, will, will get the promotion. I don't know how he's doing in F2. Um, I think he's doing re- reasonably well. So I think he'll get the... Or it'll be um, 
more experience. Um, I would say like Alex Albon, I think potentially him or Holkenberg. So those those are my three to get the second driver seat. Yeah, so similarly, um, I think the person I want is Alex Albon, but the, the, the logistics of that happening would mean leaving the Red Bull programme and moving uh, to a different team. So I can see that being quite difficult to, to work out, but I still would like to see him back in F1. But in terms, in terms of realistic uh, people to replace him, I agree with Joe. I think Bottas needs to leave Mercedes to basically fall back in love with the sport. Um, but if he does go, that, that probably means Russell moving to Mercedes. So would he go to Alfa Romeo or would he go to Williams? Which then, if he does go to Williams instead, that then leaves the chance for the reserve driver of Callum Eilat to then possibly get the seat. Um, so there's a, there's a few ways, uh, the directions that they can go in. Um, it just depends on if they want someone with experience again or someone with uh, so obviously youth um, to try something new. But then also, like Joe said, they could get rid of both their drivers and then just get both of them in, which is by experience, one new, and that's a perfect lineup. But who knows what they're thinking? But I, personally, I want Alex Albon to come back to the sport. Mm, yeah, I have got um, two suggestions. Realistically, I think the Valtteri Bottas will get the seat. I think he'll take Kimi's seat. And I agree with Josh that I think the perfect blend will be an experienced driver alongside uh, a younger driver. And that's why that yeah, I think the Bottas will take the seat from Kimi, but I don't think Joe Vadazzi will say stay in the sport. And I think that the replacement for Joe Vadazzi, we wanted two drivers. Joe mentioned one of them, Theo Porsche. And as much as I want him in the sport, I think it might be a year too early for him. He's just 18 years old. He is in the Sauber Drivers Academy. So it does make sense from a logistics point of view, even though they don't just accept from there. He won in Monaco at just 17 in Formula 2, which is like an incredible feat. And he's sixth in um, the Drivers' Championship in Formula 2, which, bear in mind, his first season. I know Oscar Piastri is winning at the moment, um, and it's his first season, but he's just 18. You know, he's such a young driver. And to be six as F2 is such an achievement. So I think it might be a year too early for him. But the other driver I'm going to mention is Callum Eilat. I also think that makes sense logistically. Despite being in the Ferrari Academy, the Ferrari and Salva Academy are kind of linked. He came second in Formula 2, only to Schumacher um, last year. He's already a part of the team as a reserve driver and he's a, he, he's shown his talent many times and they, it just makes sense. He'll be used to the car, having tested it and it, it makes sense from a logistics point of view. So from my, from my point of view, it might be that Ilot takes the seat for next season and if he does rubbish, uh, replace her with T.O. Porsche when he wins Formula 2 next season. But um, yeah, they, those are my suggestions. And um, Sam, the, yeah. the one reason I wouldn't, I would say it'd be a completely new lineup um, is because there's rumours that Ferrari are gonna put um, Giovinazzi in the uh, Ferrari Super like car thing they do, like Super Challenge thing they do series they do in Italy. There's rumours they're gonna put him in in that. So it, it sounds like they're 
Jovanazzi won't be in the sport from from what I've read online. Mm. Well, there you go. Joe Roberts with the insight. That's why he's here. But yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This has been our preview on Zanvort track and a bit of reaction to the Kimi Raikkonen news. Remember to like, subscribe, download, whatever you need to do, and we'll bring you a review on Monday of the race, which hopefully will happen this week. But yeah, thank you for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time.